I'm going to say this. He's not the real Batman, okay? He hasn't earned his stripes yet. Everybody said, oh, Robert Pattinson, the new, he is Twilight. That is what he is. And let's not get it twisted, okay? Now, if he comes out with a good film in the Batman, I'll give him a little bit of credit, but he's not Batman. Christian Bale is Batman. Let's give that man some respect. Let's not tarnish his name. Christian Bale is Batman. I'll also accept Michael Keaton. That was like, I told you this earlier. Val Kilmer was Batman. When you're, does anybody go around saying, oh yeah, Val Kilmer, best known for his uh, appearance in Batman Returns. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Again, again, again. Back to episode two of the Sportsman. I am the Big Ticket. I'm here with Joey Coldcuts. How are we doing today, Coldcuts? I'm good. Um, I'm kind of like one of those days where I'm not like great and I'm not bad. I'm just kind of like hovering in between, you know? Well, you got the Blues Brothers glasses on inside, so that can tell the listeners and the viewers quite a lot about what you're going through. Haven't slept much. Bags under my eyes for days. Um, <laughs> if you're watching the audio, I am wearing sunglasses. Um, just because I, you know, I, I have an image to uptake and, and to upkeep, but, um, yeah, no, I'm doing okay. I, I, I'm looking forward to, um, to tonight's football game and, uh, I, I'm going to come right out of the gate here. You, you mentioned it. Heron Rogers has COVID this week and tested positive. The sky is once again, falling on title town and on Aaron Rodgers because this man is, is quickly become one of the most hated, one of the most judged players in all of sports and I don't understand it and I don't get it. Okay. There is a lot of players in the league who are not vaccinated. There's a lot of players in the league who don't, you know, in, in all leagues, if we want to be honest, in my hockey league alone, I have Bert Tyler Bertuzzi, great player. I miss out on at least one game a week when he travels down to either Montreal or Toronto to play Canada. And nobody says anything about that. Soon as Aaron Rodgers comes out and finds out that he's not vaccinated, the sky is falling. And everybody is like, this man doesn't care about his team. This man is is not a team player. It's not right. Do, oh, do you disagree? I, no, I, I agree completely with you. And I, I don't always take sympathy with you and your teams in Green Bay and everything. But I, I agree that there are two people in sports who cannot wipe their ass without the media talking about them. And it's LeBron James and it's Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is one of the greatest of all time, but he's not even one of the greatest players even playing right now. I think that's Tom Brady, but Tom Brady has escaped that. Aaron Rodgers is the one that everyone loves to talk about, loves to pick on. And I, I ask myself all the time, what do those two guys have in common? They're both great, but Tom Brady is more of the equivalent with LeBron James. I think it's the excitement factor. Tom Brady is not as exciting Aaron Rodgers is the most electric quarterback this league's yeah, ever seen, especially with his consistency. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a few years, but Aaron's been doing it for years, and so is LeBron. And people love to just watch every nose pick these guys have. But and why? Quite honestly, why? And, 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 and sorry to interject, but like everybody says, oh, he's a diva. He, he thinks he's bigger than the game. He, he's not a team player. I have news for you. This man has been in the league, what, 15 years? 
And this has only really surfaced the last, what, three years, two, three years. Uh, before that, Aaron Rodgers was quiet in the locker room. He didn't make a lot of noise. He was, uh, he's always been a teammate where he, he he'll go at the end of the game and they'll be interviewing him and he gives love to his teammates. He always shouts out his guys and he's well-liked in the locker room. So why is this there, this hanging over perception of him being just not a team guy larger than life. He only cares about himself. Quite frankly, he stuck with our organization for so many years and did it for so long. I think he has a right to make a few demands. I don't think he's wrong. Tom Brady left New England to go to Tampa Bay. No one criticized him. Everybody loved him. If Aaron Rodgers did that to Green Bay, every all of a sudden, oh, he's not loyal to his team. He's been there since day one. And let's not forget, he was sitting on the bench for, what, three, four years not playing a single solitary snap, being a team guy, and he was a highly touted draft pick. He sat well, behind was... Favre and didn't complain at all. He waited for his time. He got his time. And now he's saying, I'm getting old. I'm 37 years old. I want a Super Bowl. The team yeah. hasn't committed to him. So I do I think he has, a, <clears throat> he has a, a slight element of diva to me, a slight element. Well, no, he does. He doesn't does, mean it's some not of the best do. It doesn't. It's right. It doesn't mean it's not warranted. I'm not saying it's not warranted, but he's the one being attacked the most for having that element of diva in him. I mean, if we're going to say that Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, LeBron James, of course, they have swag. They have, they have swag. But they, and so Aaron has swag and spades, but they all have that element of diva in them. But LeBron James and Aaron Rodgers get the most flack for flaunting that diva aspect. And I don't know why, because all of the greats do it that way outside. Yeah. I mean, not too many baseball players do it, but I will say, and God knows NHL players shut the fuck up and just play their sport. God, God well, bless NHL the NHL players. They're a different breed. We, we, you know, they're just, they're hard grinders. <laughs> they're just hard grinders. They don't want the spotlight. They actually like that. The spotlight isn't on them. They're like fucking great. Let us I mean, Wayne fighting. Gretzky was maybe the, one of the best athletes of all time, more dominant in his sport than almost anyone. Maybe, maybe Michael Jordan-esque would be the only comparison I'd give but it to. What and he people... was a man who never spoke out. He was quiet. He was, he was just a team contributor. Yeah. He did play in an era though, where he was able to keep a group of bruisers around him. So if anyone fucked with Gretzky, I mean, you are getting a fist to the face. I mean, you are just absolutely eating it. And that's not, doesn't go on as much anymore because hockey's become such a finesse sport these days where the bruisers, the big fight them guys have just pretty much been excluded from the league if they can't play. I mean, I'm glad that you brought up the physicality in sports because we, we talked about this this past Sunday and it is becoming difficult. It's becoming more and more yeah, difficult to watch. And not is. just in the NFL. I'm also talking about college football. Yeah, they do not allow defensive teams like players to no. play the game anymore. It's it's so ridiculous to the point. I, I grew up in an era when I was watching football they were trying to kill the quarterback, these defensive ends, these safeties and linebackers, they were trying to kill the quarterback. Now you can't even touch a quarterback without getting a, a roughing the passer call and the, and the pass interference and the, and like, it's just become terrible. Well, more than the quarterback, 
They started with the quarterback. That all things started with the quarterback because he has the ball in the hands uh, the most, and well, they want to protect them. They want to protect him because they're good for the league. But what's what's happened in the last five to six years is now it's extended to the receivers, to the running backs. Whoever has the ball in their hands is basically just considered defenseless. And you better hit him the right way. You better touch him the right way, or else it's fifteen yards here, or you know, ten yards there, and an automatic first down. And it's unbelievable. These guys are very quick to protect the guy with the ball. And I get it. I mean, CTE has changed the landscape of the game. I was game, just going to say that. But at some point, it needs to still be football. I mean, or else we're just going to have to change the name of this sport because it is, if you watch a game from 30 years ago and you watch a game now, it almost yeah. looks like a different game. Well, the way even the even in, in other sports, in basketball, I mean, in basketball, you you looked at the centers in the in the in the mid nineties, the Ewings of the world, the Shaquille or the Shaquille O'Neal always dealt with it, but these guys were getting fucking hacked. Yeah, they the were bangers. getting thrown to the ground. There yeah. was like body checking. Now it's like you touch a guy or you, you you move on a pick the wrong way and it's a fucking foul. And and I think it just it it takes away from the hunger and from the just the tenaciousness that you see in games, which adds a whole nother level to the game. It makes it more vicious. It makes it more fun and entertaining. Hockey will always have that. Thank God. The day they take fighting away from the game will be the day that the sport goes down to hell in a handbasket. Well, remember when they used to let the entire benches clear in oh, a fight? The avalanche and Red Wings <laughs> oh, yeah. bench brawls, bench they clearing used brawls. To let, I mean, if you haven't watched hockey for a long time, I mean, they used to not only just, I mean, they still let people fight. It's, it's way watered down. But back in the day, like the day of the Broad Street Bullies, these teams would get up and they'd start fighting. A guy, a couple guys would get chippy with each other. They'd start and the entire benches would clear and the ice was filled with grown men punching each other's teeth the refs out. had no control they had no control it. the and goalies the would be in. fighting in the corner that used to be way more chippy i remember way i remember watching chippier. uh actually this is right up your corner the leafs were playing the flyers in the playoffs ty domi was in the penalty box and one of the fans were hanging down trying to chirp him and he yeah. ripped the guy down and just started beating the shit out of him i don't want to get too far off topic my point here is that it's 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 very difficult now for in college too. It's even worse. You have the targeting yeah. penalties, yeah. where a player is not not trying to commit to making the tackle anymore now because yep. he's concerned if I hit him above the shoulder pads and somehow I mean you got to think these guys are going in full speed. You know yep. you, you watch the replay in full speed at a hundred percent. You know it's tough. You can't control like if your elbow's not going to graze the guy in the head or whatever. And because of it, there's now miss tackles like i've never seen i've before. never seen it's the unbelievable. element of defense has yep. it has disappeared in college football it's like if anybody can make a stop that's a team that's going to win and the nfl now i'm starting to see it as well it's just becoming watered down and it used to say good defenses win football games and now it's like Whoever has the best offense is going to win. It's sad. Yep. Me. I mean, yards after catch, Yak has just be gone through the fucking roof because, and yards after first hit as well, because these, these defenders don't know what the fuck they're doing. And even before the ball gets into a playmaker's hands, we've seen this and it's infuriating the fuck out of me, even when it goes my way. If a quarterback underthrows a receiver <laughs> now, 
and he has to come back on the ball and the, and the cornerback or the safety, whoever the defender is in the backfield, yeah, they're trying to right. cover him is just trying to, you know, he's blind. He's just trying to stay with him on the route. Now the receiver comes back. He runs into the cornerback trying to stay with him and it's automatic PI. You're so now penalized. you're, re- you're yeah. rewarding a quarterback being incompetent and underthrowing a wide open receiver or at least a 50 50 ball you're rewarding a quarterback for not doing his job and you're saying the quarterback just has to get out of the way what can the cornerback do i mean it's these guys man. i think i think what you're saying is true it's like you almost get you know you almost get penalized for playing good defense and you know who's the king of that is is, is mr carson wentz they're playing later tonight against the jets i guarantee you see i bet you you see at least one underthrown ball tonight where he goes deep where it's underthrown and it's called for passing. It's called for passing. Absolutely. I mean, and we have Mike the Great White going tonight as well. And I think Could he might game. do a couple of those. He's got no Corey Davis. It'll be a great game. So this is going to be coming out tomorrow, Friday morning. The game will already be played. But uh, it's not going to stop us from making a couple predictions. And one is absolutely is Carson Wentz will throw a deep ball. And the wide receiver will have to come back. It's probably Pittman and the, the defenders against just- Pittman tonight. So I hope he doesn't catch the ball. I hope it's <laughs> pass interference. I, I want to ask you a question though. Um, one thing, just to kind of finish off that segment, my question for you is, do you think like just looking at it, you know, analytically, do you think players who were great in their sports, guys like Ray Lewis, guys like Brian Urlacher, who were just heavy hitters, they came out, they punished, they just, they went up or even if you want to go hockey, you look at Scott Stevens of the world. Yeah, yeah. You think that they would be as successful as they were now or as big of a legends if they had to play in today's game because it's gotten way softer. I've thought about this a lot. I mean, I grew up with the great Brian Dawkins. I mean, I'm a huge Philly oh, fan. Man, he was I, another one. Brian Dawkins. I, I grew up, I used to be in school and I would just watch big hit videos on YouTube of Brian Dawkins set to great music. And I think to myself all the time now, I think about that guy who used to watch those videos, the younger me, and I just think, this guy couldn't even play in the league now. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this finds left and right, he'd be out of the league. I mean, guys like those old Pittsburgh defenses, I mean, foot, I mean, all those old great defenders that we used to know and love, I don't know if they could play. I don't know if they could play. I mean, you're taught to absolutely destroy the guy with the ball your whole life. And now you're saying, hit them the right way, wrap them up. Don't, you know, I mean, you you can't even wrap up now because if you go low, they'll call a penalty. Uh, If you hit the the quarterback below the knees, there's a penalty for that too. So it's, you know, what's really tough is like when the, when the offensive player is running and he either lowers his shoulder to try to get into you, like when he lowers his body, all of a sudden a defender who's coming at you needs to readjust because what would have been a body shot is now yes. a headshot. You're, yeah, and you're 100% he's already right. launched himself for the for the penalty or for the tackle. And he he's like, how do I adjust in mid-air? Well, keep in mind too completely another element that gets lost is that these defensive ends and these guys on the line on the D line, they're just desperately trying to get to the quarterback to get a sack. Yeah. Yep. They're trying, they have, they have a 300 pound lineman trying to prevent them from getting to the quarterback. Now they don't they're 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 not just focusing on eliminating that obstacle and getting past the defender and then tackling the quarterback they also once they get by that guy they have to think about how am i going to tackle this quarterback so now i don't cost my team a fucking 15 yard penalty yeah yeah and I, and yeah. i feel like this last week was some of the worst officiating i have seen in the nfl 
in what seems like years, maybe since the replacement refs. I, 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 I was baffled at some of the calls. And, and when you're betting on the gains, there's no worse way to go down ticket. And you know this. Yep. There's no worse way to go down than to go down at the hands of the refs. Yep. And I feel like the refs this week, I mean, it wasn't just bad calls in the first, second, and third quarters. There were a lot of really bad fourth quarter calls that, that they, you know, the refs took the game into their own hands. They decided the winner of those games. So, I mean, the Jets game is one that the really Jets comes to mind. Terrible. They played, they played valiantly. They played fantastic, but they didn't deserve to win that game. Is one of the most egregious calls I've ever seen in my life, and it totally changed who won the game. That was the one at the end of the game where the player he made the tackle. It would have been fourth down, and yeah. since he would have gotten the ball back with what, like a minute and a half, a minute yeah. forty seconds left, they called yeah. the. What did they call? It was a personal foul on somebody. I don't remember, but it, it, and and they got a fresh set of downs and they were able to just ran the the clock out. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, since they shouldn't have already, but you can always make the argument. The team shouldn't have been in that place to begin with. We get all that. But when the game does come down to those pivotal moments, you want to see the boys play. You want to see wide receiver versus cornerback. You want to see things get a little chippy. You want to see, all of it. And when the refs just start taking it into their own hands, it's becoming a harder and harder game to watch. I mean, it's yeah. like but and I they're rewarding think, but, the but, wrong things because of CTE, because NFL 100%. has become so deathly if they denied it for so long. And now they're trying to rewrite their wrongs by overcompensating for all the CTE yeah. uh, bad press that they've had. And it is doing That's, it the wrong way. It's the wrong way they're going right. against. I think as soon as like the junior Seau and the different things like that, oh, that came out God, for these yeah. guys who are unbelievable players in the league, yeah, basically ending their lives and, and dealing with post-traumatic um, concussion disorder. Um, I, I think that that's changed the whole landscape, but it's also not just in football. I think it's across the league. Yeah, totally. A- across the brand of all sports. I used to watch, you, you talk about watching Dawkins hits. I used to watch, I was, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Canada, huge born and bred hockey guy. I used to watch, I bought the collection, Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em videos. And it was <laughs> 45 to 60 minutes of just nonstop <laughs> you need montage to tell the of guys killing one another on the ice. Like head over heels, <laughs> flipping, fucking guys trying to behead one another on the ice. I mean, it was some of the most, it was enjoyable, entertaining stuff to watch. Now you you can't post that you can't you can't watch stuff like no. that that just doesn't exist. For those of us who didn't exist in that era, bring us through a little bit of who this Cherry fellow was. Don Cherry, you don't know yeah. who Don Cherry no, is? No, I don't, and I think there's a lot of Are people out there who don't know. Are you kidding me, Joseph? You yes, explain to the people who Don Cherry. You know who Don Cherry is, though? No, no, I don't. I really don't. Oh my god! So Don Cherry is like a, an icon. He used to be, actually, you should know this. He used to be a coach for the Boston Bruins. He won a Stanley Cup. He was like a gritty, hard-nosed guy. Okay. And then he was the face of Hockey Night in Canada for probably 20 to 25 years. They used to have, uh, after the first period of the first set of games, it was normally <laughs> the Leafs games, they would yeah. have a segment called the coach's corner with Don Cherry. And he came out and he kind of looked, he'd wear the most ridiculous suits and lapels and stuff. He was, and he'd make these wild accusations and wild takes, but look him up. He, he is an absolute icon. 
he kind of got canceled, I think, at one point. Oh, he used to work with Ron yeah. McClain. You know Ron McClain. I know, know Ron McClain, yes. So Ron McClain was basically Don Cherry's henchman. So there'd be a 15-minute segment, and throughout the segment, Don Cherry would just shit on Ron McClain the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not joking dude he would say ron mclean would try to chime in with like a little point well you know they didn't do something that bad and cherry would look at him he's like what the hell do you know how would you know if he did it well or not like he just shit all over him it was so this hysterical. was a canadian broadcast yes you know? it was on cbc so, no, so not only are you cbc jesus not only is this out of my era but it's in Canada, of course. No, Why but Don just... Cherry, he's no, he's, sure. he's synonymous with hockey. Yeah. And, and the Rock'em Sock'em series, he did like 15 different videos. Um, and there was one a year. So it was like Madden. He'd release a new one every year. Oh. And we would just have a compilation of the best hits, the oh. best goals, and the best moments from hockey. I strongly suggest you go on YouTube today. Sure. One of them. You will be hooked. It is but as a best as a kid though. You ever watch? As a kid, you were just salivating, I waiting a for. Kid, I was like, I was probably like 11, 12 years old. Yeah, I was playing okay. hockey. As, you know, as a teenager, you were salivating, waiting for that video each yeah, year. Yeah, they oh. were great. Yeah. It was so enjoyable, and you, you just watch, and it would, and and he'd have these highlight reels that have like the music in the background. It was like a big montage. It's all right. Around. It was fantastic. Well, to wrap up this segment here, I mean, I think we both agree that in all, across all sports, finesse is now being valued much higher than physicality. And and if we keep going at this rate, I mean, we're not going to understand these sports uh, the way we used to. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, we need to find the balance of finesse and physicality, and because it's a part of the sports. I mean, we well, cannot well, more than ever now. I think if you look at you look at a receiver like DK Metcalf, okay. Oh, Jesus! And if you put him against any receivers from twenty years, I mean, look at him yeah. amongst Jerry Rice. The problem too now is players and sports athletes in general are mm -hmm. bigger and mm -hmm. stronger than they have ever been ever before yeah. so you now are taking a much stronger physical male putting him against another much stronger physical male and and expecting not to have as violent hits and not to expect like it just it doesn't happen and i think part of the reason is the sports are developing now you have more different methods of training and different you yep. know things that players now are just they're just bigger and the expectations are more of these guys they're running faster they're hitting harder they're jumping higher like you're creating yep. i think in 10 years you'll look back and you'll say the same thing you're going to have like super freak athletes and and i think it changes the dynamic of the game and then you take away the physicality aspect it it, it makes it very tough to watch I agree. I mean, we're going to see where things go in the next couple of years. I mean, I think we're at a pivotal breaking point uh, as far as what the, each sport wants to decide how the game's going to go. Um, I think basketball is trying to find a way to bring the big man and inside the three point line back. I think NFL has got a lot of work to do with the way the defense plays the games and we'll see which way they decide to go. I mean, I think some leagues are coming from really bad places of just being afraid being afraid of it, of guys getting hurt. I think Roger Goodell's worst fear is someone eventually dying out there. And I mean, so that would be terrible. And so these, these leagues, I mean, they're coming from, I hope they come from a place of improving the sport rather than reacting to a place of fear. I, I hope that's where we podcast. Move. I hope, they, I hope Roger Goodell, things I hope need to one change. Of our 200 downloads is Roger Goodell. And he takes some of our words to heart.
I'm kind of on the fence with something like this. Um, I want to bring up Odell Beckham Jr. Um, just as as just another example of a long list of players who can't get out of their own way, players who think that they are bigger than sport. We talked about Aaron Rodgers before. I said confirmed he is not one of those players. I want to talk about a player who is a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. who or you could even talk to Antonio Brown. I'm shocked at how he's bounced back. But mm-hmm. these players, and typically they're receivers in NFL for, for whatever reason, who think that they're so much better than the league and they have all the talent in the world. At what point, what is your take on it? Are you willing to bring a guy like that onto your team? Because it looks now like Odell Beckham might be out of the league. He might be getting waived by the Browns. They took a chance on him. At, if you're a sports GM of mm-hmm. a team or a coach, do you believe that you can you can get to guys like that? You can you can get them past that and you can get them focused or are you just of the of the of the element like I don't want anything to do with somebody like this cuz you see sometimes there are certain teams like the Cowboys, there right. are teams like that who are willing to risk on these kind of players. And then there's organizations like the Green Bay Packers who just, and we, we discussed it earlier, who would never have anything to do with these kind of guys because it's not what they're about. It's not about their brand right. of football. Right. Well, my take on it is from observing for the last 10 years, let's take a guy like Le'Veon Bell. He made a big stink and he left. And where did he go? He went to the Jets. The Jets are a terrible organization. They're just terrible from head to toe. And he he sucked there. He was apt. He had no structure. He had no yep. leadership. The whole organization failed him, basically. And then we take a guy like Antonio Brown coming from the same place, the Steelers. And where did he go? He went to structure. He went to Tom Brady. He went to leadership. He went to a guy, one of the very few guys in the league who is above him talent-wise, legacy-wise, and he had no choice but to look up to him and listen to what he had to say. He had no other options, and he he succeeded. We don't ever hear about Antonio Brown. He, he's so been the, more quiet this year in, in, in terms of not being in the press. Yes, I'm exactly. Shocked. And he's having, uh, outside of injuries, he's having an incredible year. I mean, he we is. always talk about Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin, but he's it almost feels like he's one of his top receivers. I mean, anyway, healthy, yeah. so the point is, Oh, the only thing with these divas, these high-end players who have huge contracts, who have a lot of baggage, who have lives and businesses outside of the NFL, like Odell with modeling and with acting and with business ventures, the only chance they have, the only chance in my eyes is to go to a good organization, which is why I think he would thrive in a place like Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers would supersede him in leadership and would get under his skin and make sure that he understands that this is about the team here. It's not about any one guy. It's not even about me, Aaron Rodgers. It, he could go to a place like the Bucks with Tom Brady. There's a few places. And even if you don't have a quarterback like that, you need a good front office. You need a good owner like Jerry Jones. I, I despise him, but I think he does keep a level of discipline in that building. I really do. And I think he would thrive in a place like the Cowboys where he cannot go is the Philadelphia Eagles, where he cannot go is the New York Jets. He needs structure. He needs leadership in place where he can thrive. And that's not just Odell. It's players exactly like him. Le'Veon, Antonio Brown, Plaxico like Burris Chad, back in the Chad day. Ochocinco. Chad Ochocinco. Yes, these guys need to go to a place with structure. If they go to a place where they're the guy and they don't respect anyone there, they're going to run shop there and the team is going to fail because of it. 
Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he just couldn't get if he if Le'Veon Bell went to a Green Bay Packers, he would still be as relevant as he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers today. I mean, it's kind of shocking how a player of that magnitude uh, was so dominant, so yeah. so great in every way. For the next year, he held out, and then after that, he just he just he just fell off the off the map. Off the face. I mean, he went to the Chiefs after that, and then now I think he's on a practice squad. No, with, he's with he's with the Ravens now. Yeah, he's on, a, but he's on their practice squad. No, they activated him. They, he's he's well, like the third running back. Everyone under the sun is getting hurt. In, I think in they have like Latavius Baltimore. Murray, and they have um, what's they the little uh, guy, Devonta, Devonta Freeman. Freeman, and I think Le'Veon Bell is like their third receiver or third well, they, running back. They still there. have Tyson Smith too. I think he's on the practice squad, bro. Uh, he, he had to carry a couple weeks ago. I don't, I, but it just it proves oh, a, it proves our <laughs> it proves our point all the all the more. It does oh. definitely prove our point. Yeah, but yeah. No, it's it's an interesting take because I feel like the same thing. I was I, I have a fantasy league in in NFL fantasy football. Odell Beckham for the first time since I can ever remember was on the waiver wire. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking that this was before yesterday, obviously was the trade deadline. I'm thinking to myself, like if he gets traded to the right team, this man can, can be a waiver wire player and absolutely become like a wide receiver, one wide receiver, two caliber player. Is it worth it that I take a flyer on him? I didn't. He didn't get picked up, and now, quite frankly, I, th- I think he's he's useless. But that's that just goes to your point that you know these players have such potential. Sometimes you just can't get out of their own way, and if you have like that big brother aspect in a guy like Brady, or I think Rogers could even be somebody who yep. would help kind of men- mentally bring them back down to earth. Mm-hmm. I think there's opportunities for these players to thrive. Yeah, I mean, I think if Antonio Brown went to the Jets or uh, someone else without a leadership base, I I think we're talking about a very different story, a very different guy. You know, it's it's anytime someone struggles in their lives, even outside of sports, I mean, you need someone who you respect ahead of you. That's who you're going to listen to, especially when you've had wild success in your life. Why am I going to listen to someone below me? That's their mentality. You need someone who you respect. And it can come in the form of a quarterback when it comes to these athletes like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers um, or even a Ben Roethlisberger. I think he would thrive in Pittsburgh, old folks as, home. Pittsburgh as well. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> a Odell Beckham. But I just think a front office can do it too. A good GM, a good owner. I think that that's the place you need to go. But if you go to one of these just failing franchises like Detroit, if Antonio Brown was picked up by Detroit, this guy would still be getting in trouble. We'd be hearing about him every week and they wouldn't be throwing him the ball. And he'd be making a stink. Folks, life takes with ticket here. You thought we were a sports podcast. We are hitting all the genres here. Ticket is giving life support lessons. We're looking inward. Very good take, Ticket. I really do. I, I really like the take. start making some sports bets in in this podcast we are a a couple of degenerates many would say in the sense that i i think of a degenerate not just somebody who makes a lot of bets i think of a degenerate as somebody who loses consistently from time to time and just continues to make bets that being said i do think we know more than the average lay person does when it comes to sports because we are just so engrossed in it i want to know what is what is tickets Tickets, hot pick of the week. We have a game tonight. It's obviously the fan, the followers aren't going to be able to take the pick tonight because this is going right. to be 
tomorrow on a Friday. Do you like anything going into the weekend? We got college football on Saturday. We got big NFL Sunday football. Do you like anything? If so, I want you to make a pick. I want to make a pick and I, and, and I want to see how we can start doing here. Well, you put me on a hot seat here a little bit. Let me think about what my favorite pick of the week is. And in the meantime, what's yours, Joseph? I am there. I'm, I'm probably going to put a bunch down throughout the weekend. The one thing that I'm looking at um, and, and there's sometimes you just, you get lines and you just don't understand them. I think there is a game on Monday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Chicago bears. They're playing in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a cold. It's going to be like one of those fall autumn nights. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come out just with the life force of a thousand men. The bears offensive line (laughs) is something that could be utilized in a Canadian football league game. They they are one of the worst (laughs) offensive lines in all of football. They're horrific. If we're being yeah. honest, they're yeah. really bad, which is not fair because Justin Fields, I think, does have a lot of talent, a lot of potential. I think the Bears are going to get blown out of the water on Monday night. Right now it is plus six and a half for the Bears, minus six and a half Steelers. Yep. I think Steelers money line is as much of a lock as you can possibly bet. If you have more balls, which I no think I there. do, I think that I would go with the minus six and a half. I think they win by two or three touchdowns easily, easily. Yeah. Now, this is yep. also a Steelers team, keep in mind, that re- royally fucked me against the Seahawks. I just don't think – I think J.J. Watt is going to run wild. I think that that offensive line is going to be in shambles. I think they're on the road. They're a team that doesn't have a ton of confidence right now. They are on a losing skid. Justin Fields is still getting the hang of things. I think Pittsburgh Steelers – Minus six and a half. If you have the stones, if you want just a guaranteed lock, go with the money line. Okay. Now I have two picks that I feel extremely good about. I'll start with the one that I feel really, really good about is, and it's not just because I'm an Eagles fan and I think they stink this year. I look at the market and I look at the way that it overreacts from week to week. I think a team coming off either a big win or a big loss really affects the way Vegas sets the lines at. Correct. I think the Chargers minus one and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles could be yeah. the lock of the year. <laughs> well, I mean, you say, no, no, the Chargers are lock coming of the century. We mentioned no, this last week. No, I lock will of the ne- year. <laughs> I will never say lock of a century. Doesn't exist. It's once in a lifetime. Once in a hundred years, my grandfather didn't even see one. He only lasted 74 <laughs> years. It came in his 75th year. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that you're right. I absolutely do. And I think also too, and, and I will, and I will say this is when you cheer for a team and you follow a team, you know, that team, you're not watching, like you said, week to week. Oh, they just blew out the lions by 30, 40 points. You, you know, the team and you know going into a week and and as an unbiased fan just knowing your team you know games that are going to be wins and you know ahead of time games that are likely going to be losses and i think the same thing for my packers i know now without rogers this week going into this week the kansas city chiefs are probably going to beat us i i would say that they will with us having jordan love at the helm you know this Eagles team. I think it's a perfect storm. I don't. I'm not, all my picks are not always going to be either for the Eagles 
or against them. But this week is a perfect storm where the Chargers, who I still think, I'm not bailing on them, I think they're one of the absolute best teams in the AFC. They're coming off of two devastating losses. They got blown out by the Ravens. They lost to the Patriots last week. And which makes this the perfect storm, the Eagles blew out the Lions. So the Vegas is saying, okay, maybe we undervalued the Eagles. And oh, maybe we overvalued the Chargers minus one and a half for one of the best teams in the AFC. I still contend that. And one of the worst teams in the NFC in the Eagles minus one and a half is an absolute steal. Bet your pension on it. (laughs) Bet your life on it. Now, are you going to bet on it? I'm a hundred percent make it's going to be included in a lot of parlays. Well, and, you told me earlier that you weren't making any bets this Sunday. I know, but I have. To. And I'm going <laughs> to make a straight. Progresses, I'm going to make a straight. Change. You know, it's basically like when you drink so much and then you wake up the next day and you're like, I'm never going to drink again. Yes, of course 100%. you're going to drink again. Of course you are. On every <laughs> single Tuesday morning, I'm like, I'm never going to bet again. Never, ever, ever. And then by Thursday, by Friday. I'm betting. I've got like five parlays in. So let me tell you one other team that I absolutely love, and it is um, the Saints minus six. I think, and they're playing Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta this week. I couldn't think less of Atlanta. I think they're absolute (laughs) dog meat. I mean, I think rats wouldn't even eat them. I mean, that's how terrible they are. I think they're a dead body laying in an alley and the flies are just attacking them. And you know who the flies are this week? It's the Saints. And they're going to pick them apart bone by bone. Minus Are you worried six. that they don't have a named starting quarterback? Yet? I'm not worried. It could be Taysom Hill. It could be Cam Newton. It could be Trevor Simeon. I don't give a flying. I, they want to sign Philip Rivers back on. I don't give a flying. Are they fuck. in Atlanta? Because what makes Saint the Saints the Saints this year is their defense. Their defense has been incredible. And you know who stinks? The Atlanta offense. The Atlanta offense is atrocious. And I just think minus six. I mean, I, I might even alternate spread that sucker to minus nine. Wow. I think they're going to run away with this thing. I'm Are not recommending that. I'm not recommending that. But what I'm saying is I love the Saints minus six. Are they are they playing in Atlanta? They're playing in New Orleans in the Mercedes, the now oh. Caesars Superdome. And I think this team just absolutely runs away. I I, you s- want to talk about a blowout? I think this is a got blowout written all over it. Ticket told me the other day, which I thought was just outrageous, is mm-hmm. he told me his most he he will not watch a game if it's being played in Atlanta. And I said, well, why is that? He says, the turf is too green. The setting of the stadium is terrible. It's the lighting, folks. I'm very affected by lighting. It's very manufactured, artificial lighting there. And I will say, New Orleans has a very similar factor, but I don't mind watching there as much, although they are two of my least favorite places to watch. I think each stadium brings a different flavor to the table. And What's I your just favorite don't stadium love- to watch? I think Lincoln Financial in Philadelphia. Oh, is that's biased. <laughs> I love, you know who else I love? I think SoFi is beautiful. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I think they've got every single thing right there. The lighting, the architecture, the fields. I just love everything about it. I don't hate you know Green my Bay two either. Favorite? I was gonna, I, you know what my two favorite are to watch? Outside one one of Green will Bay? surprise you. Well, no, one is absolutely Lambeau <laughs> Field. 
it's, 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 you're part true. of the thing it's is true. I watch so many games from them, but they have a classic style field. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just done very nicely. And just the look of Lambo is beautiful. The other one that I really, really enjoy watching, and this might be difficult for you to hear, is the Dallas Cowboys. I that actually stadium agree. is beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. They have the 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 that uh, dark blue on the Cowboys end line. I agree zone. completely. It looks great to watch a game in there, especially when they do like a featured like Sunday night, Monday night, even Thursday night, and they just have it lit beautifully. And you it's have, a night yeah, I, I give it up to them. I mean, hey, when it comes to stadiums, I feel very passionately of, of across <laughs> all sports outside of hockey. I think there are some really great places to watch play baseball, play basketball, and play football. And there's some places that just think. I don't know. It's the lighting. They didn't change a light bulb up top. I well, don't that's know like the Lakers. Is. That's like the Lake. The Lakers and the Clippers both play in Staples Center. Yeah. The Lakers will dim the lights yep. way down. So on the broadcast, it almost looks like they're playing in the dark. Yeah. I'm not crazy about it. The Clippers, yep. they have a completely different setup. They have mm-hmm. the lights bright and it's it's a completely different stadium. It looks like if you watch the broadcast mm-hmm. from game to game. So I, I do agree with you on that. I think it's outrageous to say you wouldn't watch a game because it's played in a dark turf, but I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. I'm saying I despise watching it. It feels <laughs> like they need to turn more lights on in Atlanta. It feels like they forgot a couple bulbs. I don't know. It's just the way I feel. I mean, I think that there's definitely a different viewing experience. Have you ever watched a basketball game in Sacramento? It, it's uh, terrible. It's absolutely- no, it was enjoyable yeah, back in the day when you had Weber and Devoch and you had um, uh, white chocolate and you had all. I'm those not talking guys. about the quality of the team. I'm talking about the court. I'm talking about the way I think they, they changed the camera sucker. views or something. Oh, the I, camera view. Although it's I terrible. haven't watched, terrible. I will tell you right now, I've not watched a televised sporting event at Sacramento in quite in some time. A long time. Like, <laughs> we're talking a long, <laughs> a long time. Ticket, we talked about your betting strategy. You've had now two very poor weeks. <laughs> I, I I don't want to commit to saying maybe it's it's my house that's bad luck for you. I, I'm not gonna go there yet. Um, I I, I want to talk about your betting strategy because for two straight weeks now, yeah. you have you continue to make parlays and you like one game. And you litter that game in every parlay Mm -hmm. that you have and the game doesn't hit and every parlay is dead. We talked about how I was dead to rights this Sunday. I did a couple parlays, a couple street bets, but I went big on the Cowboys money line, straight bet, one sucker in and done. Will this change your perception going into this week or are we going to see another six, seven game parlay picks from you? Thoughts on that? Have you seen a new betting structure? Yes or no? My strategy will absolutely be changing this week, Joseph. <laughs> Every pocket I book, do, I hope so. I'm going to do the opposite of what I always do. <laughs> and <laughs> no, what I will say is I, I, I do these parlays, and the last couple of weeks, almost everything's been hitting besides this one game I have littered in all without. So a couple of weeks ago, it was Tell the, the Panthers. Folks what my, two teams you picked both yeah, weeks? Because it was it's the Panthers bad. minus three. And as we alluded to last week, uh, a source who will remain nameless. <laughs> who was very reputable, said it was the lock of the century. And I had the Panthers minus three and everything, and they fucked everything. 
And then last week, I, I love the Lions. I thought the Lions were a absolute lock. A, another, uh, just a great, you know, the Lions were coming off of a great uh, performance and the Eagles just stink. They stink. And I think the Lions are one of the worst 0-7, 0-8 teams, whatever they are now in history. I mean, I think they've got a lot of fight in them, a lot of roar. And they, they just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have let me down any further um, so what I will be doing this week is I will still be making parlays. I will still, oh, because I'm the type of better who doesn't love to win, you know, 50 bucks on a $50 bet or a hundred bucks on a hundred bucks. I want to bet 10 bucks. It's so hard possibly to make even... 350. It's no, what gets it's... me off in the morning, Joseph. We're all yeah, different And then people. it's what leaves you feeling down flavors. in the dumps at the end of the night. I've seen you two straight Sundays now. Well, my at problem the end is... of the my problem is I start betting heavier on the parlays as the day goes on. So well, I, I start with my $10 parlays, my $15, $20 parlays, and then they explode in the afternoon games to fifth. I got to make it all back. I start chasing. Yeah, you, we, we, all we all know that the key to actually making money in sports betting is straight bets. Yes. Straight bets. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But what gets me off in the morning, Joseph, the kind of paycheck that I'm making, the way I live my life is I love to explode. I love a huge bet and it makes me feel good for three weeks. Can I please implore you? You have two locks, not locks, but two heavy favored picks out of the gate. I will be straight betting those. Please. Yes. For the love of God, just focus on those. You can put in your $10 parlays so you still get a little action, a little taste of the good stuff. Focus on hitting two games. If you hit those two games, you're up. You're, you are up on the week. And I don't even say sometimes even two. I, the reason I say you have two is because you really like two of the games. I think the the, the, the method for winning, and, and as hard as this has been for me, because normally I used to just go with Bobby and he wanted in on everything, is I focus just doing it on my own and stick to one, maybe two games. If you lose the early game, then you find something late that you really like and you go heavy on it. And if you lose, you lose. But I know that I have the odds are in my favor. If it's, if it's, well, if we're going to call a spade a spade here, I mean, Cutsy wasn't doing very well either. And then the night game as always comes through for Cutsy and he's sitting pretty um, basically even on the day again, which, you know, if you ever sport bet, if you come in even on the day, when you go down 300, 400 bucks, (laughs) The get out of jail free card is you start what it the, is. you end the day the way you started it when you woke up off the pillow that day but for some reason it feels phenomenal oh. <laughs> I made it it's a, a marathon we said this last week at the end of the at the end of the day when you when you put your head on the pillow you are physically and mentally exhausted it's like you just ran a marathon and and i i will say i have been very lucky i think my record in the pm games is is now this week I will say Huge. I did get I get some push from from you as well. Well, no, not this one. You didn't like the Cowboys on this one. Uh, you liked a couple other games, but Jerry really said this is the game we're going to go with, and we're Jersey gonna, Jerry. I was ready to throw in the towel this week, and you've not seen that very often. For no, it was bad. And if you it, it, Jersey Jerry gave Cutsy a call, and he said this is who I like tonight. And uh, Cutsy says, I always ride with Jerry and I respect that. And I said, I don't know. I mean, I just don't want to see my friend go down even. I was scraping this guy off of, a, <laughs> of, of it was like a it was like a patty that was left on the grill too long. And you just can't 
scoop it off. You're just in the meats left off on the grill still and your patty's all broken. I mean, I, this guy was down in the dumps and he said he was done. And as we crept closer and closer to the night game, he said, well, let's just talk to Jerry. Well, Don, let's see Jerry what Jerry, called, Jerry he Don like. He called me. That's and oh, that's right. On- he called you and you and Robbie were on the line. And he said, I love the Cowboys. I love the Cowboys tonight. You want to make your money back? Bet on the Cowboys. Now, Jersey Jerry thought that the game was indeed in Dallas. <laughs> well, I so- wasn't going to be the one to call him out, but he calls once the game already starts. Listen to this. <laughs> the broadcast starts and the game is just about to start. And Jerry calls and he says, oh, my God, you're going to hate me. He said, I thought the game- he said I'm sorry. He said, I'm cuts. sorry. I'm sorry, cuts. I thought the game was in Dallas. And as he says that, we look up on the broadcast <laughs> and one of an, an ex-Vikings player is blowing his entire life into this gigantic Vikings horn and just going... And, oh, the and it was Halloween. Crowd. It was Halloween night. So there was like Michael Myers. Oh, no. oh God. It was Take it looked so over and he's great. like, he's like, do you still want to watch the game? And I was <laughs> like, sure enough. First drive, the Vikings go all the way down and score a touchdown on the first drive of the game. <laughs> Ticket, I, did it? Did am I lying? I I laid on the couch and I actually fell asleep. You were despondent, and then you felt you went, you <laughs> laid down and said, "I can't take any more disappointment this week," and you fell asleep. And uh, next thing I know, I mean, the Cowboys are driving, and Cutsy's just over there, just snoring away. He's just. It was the most peaceful I had been all day. Yeah, and 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 that was one of those games that you know we won it, but it took everything to go our way in order for us to win that game to the point where I was like, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do here. Like we can't score. And Oh my God. Cooper rush really stepped up for you. Uh, You put your money in the hands of Cooper rush and he delivered, you put your money in the hands of Jersey, Jerry and Jersey. Jerry. That's what I will deliver. Yes. Jersey. Jerry was the one that I had faith in not Cooper rush. That's right. But um, when Jersey Jerry calls you, it's one thing to call Jersey Jerry and say, what do you like? It's another thing when he calls you and says, hey, well, he knew he I knew like I was this. in he knew I was in a bad place. So anyways, picks this week, Steelers minus six and a half or money line, depending on how how ballsy you are with it. I think both are golden ticket. You like the Chargers. At, what is it? Minus one? minus one and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I also love the Saints minus six at home versus the Falcons. Let's hope both hit. If you want to jump in with us, feel free to. I know where this is our we're fresh off the grid here, so there we are not expecting anybody to be riding Nothing. with these picks. We just, as I think we need to do, we need to have a little segment week to week where we kind of share what we like. And moving forward, it won't just be football, folks. It'll be hockey. It'll be basketball. It'll be whatever we like best. Yep. This week just so happens to be the NFL. Take it. Yep. This was a lot of fun. I'm already looking forward to seeing how this week unfolds for us. And I'm praying to God that you come out a winner on Sunday. I really mm. am. It, it's, it's been de- very difficult playing, you know, therapist and picking you up the last couple of <laughs> weeks after you're down in the dumps. I just would love, and this is a first weekend just to finish it off where all the boys are together watching right. Sunday. So it has potential to be That's right. Special. Me and Robbie are going to be watching on Sunday for the first time in a long time. We're excited. I hope they're not picking me off up off the ground like they usually are because I put one team I love in all my parlays <laughs> and I lose fucking everything. It's about the straight bets, people. It's about the marathon, not the sprint. 
We're the sportsmen. I am Big Ticket. This is Joey Cold Cuts. This is week two. This is our second episode. We love doing this. We're going to keep doing this. You're going to find us every Friday. Let's keep it moving, and we will see you next week. Have a good one, folks. Thank you.